Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story. And Matt, the Sun Devils have a chance to pile on onto this <laughs> dumpster fire that is the Washington Husky season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think the pile it on might go the other way. Well, the Huskies are 9-1. and one. They just lost at home to USC in... Uh, an odd game. USC looks like they, you know, had they figured this out earlier, they probably still would have lost to Alabama, but they'd be right in the mix for the South yeah. crown. And you know, they're, doubt, they're not mean, out of it, but they're, they're not out of it. You know, I mean, you, you, I think I texted you this during that game that, that Utah game is really the one that stands out. Cause they, you know, they had a 10 point lead in the fourth quarter of that game. And, you know, at that point you kind of felt like their season was spinning out of control and the loss was just another example, but man, if they had held on to that, we'd we'd be talking about them as a as a borderline playoff contender. I mean, if they had two losses, I think they'd be right there. Um, three is going to be really hard, but um, yeah, I mean they they look uh, you know like a top ten caliber team, and they played like it. I mean they they outplayed Washington pretty much from the start last week, and you know very impressive in in winning on the road. I mean they got to rolling. And their defense just did not yeah. let Jake Browning do anything. No, no. I mean, they, they played well uh, both sides, you know. I mean, uh, you know, Darnold threw two picks, but, you know, the, the one was, was kind of a fluke. Guy fell over. Um, but he looked really good. He, they just they just looked so much better with him. Um, you know, he just – sometimes it's, it's hard to quantify, but you just watch a guy play and you watch another guy play and you just tell which one's better. And that's the case. You know, it just moves the offense better. They look like they've got more life, and, and it's, uh, you know, it's made a difference, I think, on the entire team. One of the things that's interesting about him is he, the confidence that he had in himself. You know, when, when he got recruited, he, yeah. he wasn't the top quarterback in their class, but he decided he wanted to go anyway. He, you know, he lost the job initially this yeah. year to Brown, yeah. and, and he's just hung around and hung in there, and he's going to be the starter for three seasons. Yeah, you would think so. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, uh, you know, very quickly uh, made himself into a, you know, a potential Heisman candidate next year and, and, you know, thrown himself onto the radar, you know, as far as a draft prospect in the future, uh, you know, long way to go. And, and, you know, we'll have to nitpick him ad nauseum like we do with most quarterbacks, but uh, you know, he looks, he looks like he's got, a lot of what you could want you know he's got size he's athletic he's got a good arm um you know just a just a solid player all around and he's really made them look much better well when we were talking about the washington game you know the conclusion was either we wanted them we wanted the huskies (laughs) to win big so that they were super confident or to lose a physical game so that maybe they you know they just were down on themselves and they just sort of continue to spiral Right, right. We got the we got the latter, I guess. Um, the, the one thing I I guess is kind of a mitigating factor is other teams lost two last week, so I don't know that the loss really kills Washington all that much. I mean, they they still can win the Pac-12 North and win the Pac-12 if they win their remaining games. They don't need any help because you know they're behind Washington State, but they still have to play them. Um, and so it, you know it's all in their hands and. You know, depending on where the rankings show up here in the next little bit, 
you know, they might they might be six or seven, something like that, but that, that still gives them an excellent chance to make the playoff. Well, and on top of that, Washington State will be ranked, and they'll play yeah. in either Colorado or USC in all yeah. likelihood, and that team will be ranked for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they might get a chance to avenge that loss to USC. So, you know, they, uh, I mean, it's it's a tough blow for them to lose like it is for anybody at this point of the year, but um, you have to figure that those, you know, their their coaches are are in their ear and, and telling them, hey, you know, everything's still out there for us, and it is. So, um, you know, it, I, I think we kind of thought, well, if they lose, boy, that might knock them out of the playoff picture. And I'm not so sure it does. Um, you know, we'll see, I guess, where they're ranked here in 20 or 30 minutes. But, um, yeah, you know, I think they're, they're going to be outside the top four, but I don't think they're going to be that far where they can't make up that ground. Well, I mean, as you said last weekend, they're the beneficiary of everybody losing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, for for all the reaction that you know, well, there's so, you know, so much upheaval. I'm not sure how much upheaval there really will be when the rankings come out because you know, if 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 you had these teams ahead of you know teams that were ranked maybe seven through twelve, uh, you know, one loss is going to change. Those teams have lost two. Some, you know, most of them lost two games. So are you going to really knock Michigan and Clemson and Washington that far down based on one loss? Um, I, don't, I don't necessarily think you should. I guess we'll see what they do. So for the Devils, they're facing a team with, you know, Jake Browning at quarterback. He's got over 2,500 yards passing and 25 touchdowns. That's bad for the secondary, but yeah. Miles My- Gaskin, the running back, has over a thousand yards rushing and eight touchdowns yeah. on the ground. So yeah, it's a very that, good offense. That's very bad well for rounded. the front seven. You know, it is. This is one of those times where we're facing a team that averages over four hundred and seventy-five yards of total offense, and, and I'm already mentally preparing to allow another four hundred yard passing day and or yeah. another two hundred and fifty yard rushing day. Yeah, I mean. I think you're exactly right. I think it's a it's a game that really has the potential to get really ugly um, for a lot of reasons, and and biggest being that Washington's a really good team. Uh, you know, let's not get too thrown off by what happened last week. They didn't play well, um, but again, I I think that was more a testament to USC than it was to Washington. I think USC's a pretty darn good team, and and. You know, we caught them at the at the tail or at the start of this and uh, this run for them, and and uh, you know, so I, I don't, I don't, I'm not scared off of Washington. There's, I didn't see anything in them that made me think, oh, they're vulnerable here or there. Um, and and you just know how bad we've played on the road. I mean, it's been really ugly uh, away from home this year, and and uh, you know all the all the problems that we've discussed that have popped up either all season or in the last, you know, four games in this losing streak, uh, man, it's, it's hard to see this even really being competitive. I, I don't see it being competitive. I, I think that they are unquestionably the most balanced team in the conference right now. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I don't know how we can compete with that because their defense is going to wreak havoc against our weak offensive line, which, mm-hmm. you know, I, I heard Doug Haller on uh, his podcast today said that uh, the 11 sacks and 22 tackles for lost were both uh, the season highs in college football. <laughs> yeah. And the last, you know, the last time there was a 22 tackle for a lost game, Vontez Perfect 
was involved. So wow, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean that it's a it's a startling number when you think about it because I, I don't know what our number of plays was, but a, you know an average number of plays in a college game is maybe maybe seventy five or eighty, and to think about twenty two that's that's more than twenty five percent of your your plays going for negative yards. Um, that's not a good recipe. That's a hard recipe to win with. And, and especially when you flip to the other side of the ball and you got a defense that hemorrhages yards and points, uh, you know, it's, it's real tough. Uh, you know, there's, there's no, there's not really a strength of this team right now besides field goal kicking. And that's not nearly enough to win you many games. Yeah. That's not good. You don't, I no. mean, like, look, it's great no. to have a kicker like, we have. Oh, but. sure, sure. He's a, you know, he's one of the best we've had uh, in school history, and and one of the best, I guess, you know, in NCAA history. If you look at the numbers, um, but yeah, you know, when you uh, when you're struggling to run the ball, when you're struggling to protect for the quarterback, when you've got a quarterback who's banged up, and you're playing a true freshman at times in this stretch, um, you, you know, and and your defense continues to struggle as it has all year you know, stopping the pass and now lately stopping the run, you know, there's, there's not much you can point to. I mean, that's the, that's, that's a, you know, you hope by this point of the season, you've got a calling card that you can say, this is what we do well. And I don't know that there's very many things that put in that category. Well, here's, I think this is a, this tells the tale of each team a little bit comparing the leaders in the offensive categories. So, in passing, Manny Wilkins, 134 for 221, 1,730 yards, 7 TDs, 7 picks. Browning, 166 of 256, 2,532 yards, 35 touchdowns, and only 5 interceptions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, it's, uh, you know. It, so. it, and it gets worse. I mean, on the ground, Demario Richards, our leading rusher, and he's been persona non grata for two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he has, what, two total yards over yeah. the last two games? He's got, total for the season, he's got 534 yards compared to Gaskin's 1,003. Yeah. And, and well, when, and they have other running backs, too. I mean, you know, Coleman, and, and I think they have a third guy who, who's a pretty good runner. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, uh, they're pretty loaded. I mean, you know, you give, we talked about him a few weeks ago, give a lot of credit to Chris Peterson for coming in there and, and and very quickly taking this team from an average six and six kind of team, and and now you look at it and you just see talent across the board. Uh, you know, I mean, draft prospects at at the skill spots on defense, and you know, and young guys too, guys who are going to be there for two or three more years. I mean, it's not all upperclassmen. Like he's he's building a pipeline, and and they're going to only be tougher as the years pass. I think it's really. A testament to the coaching jobs that are being done at a lot of Pac-12 schools right now. I mean, Colorado, you know, you stick with McIntyre. They finally decide yeah. to stick with a coach, and look at the reward they're getting. They're a top yeah. 15 team. They could be a top 10 team. Yeah, I mean, I think he's got to be, you know, if not the winner, certainly one of the top three or four candidates for national coach of the year. I mean, you know, to take that program that – you know, in our in our preseason breakdown, you know, we we looked at them as uh, just you know Colorado roll them over, you know they'll be the bottom of the conference again, and and they're eight and two, and uh, you know they got they they finished with a couple tough games, but uh, that you know, gosh, if they win the Pac-12 South, what a what an incredible job that is, um, and even just to be in this position, uh, you know, 
talking to one of the you know people I work with went to Colorado and they're just they just don't know what to do with themselves that this football team is in the top 15 and and you know playing big games and uh, you know it's been so long so amazing job there and and you know Peterson has done a great job Mike Leach has done a great job you I was know, just I mean, about from, to say imagine right now you know if the if the conference standings hold as yeah. they are it's going to be Colorado Washington state yeah who would have guessed that yeah i mean you know, Washington State was was good last year, and you kind of you kind of saw them coming a little. But then after the first two games, people wrote them off. Well, they lost to Eastern Washington, and they lost to Boise, and you know, Mike Leach is ripping his players in the in the press, and oh my God, it's falling apart, and guys are getting arrested. All they've done now is is you know rip off seven straight wins, and they're they're in the you know top of the division, so um, or eight straight wins I think total, uh, seven in the conference. So uh, yeah, I mean some some really good coaching jobs and, and, you know, throw Clay Helton in there too, um, turning it around from one and three. And now he's got them, you know, in the top 15 in the country probably this week. The opposite end of the spectrum, of course, is what's going on in the state of Arizona. Both, yes. both ASU yes. and U of A are struggling. They're, they're yeah. not meeting expectations. I, I know that there, you know, has been talk about his grandma on the hot seat. I, yeah. I'm in the same camp as you. And it sounds like, at least from what Haller was saying in his podcast and what I've seen online in different places, that's what's going to happen this year. Is they're going to sort of let him go. Now, obviously, he, he's not Ray Anderson's guy. And Ray right. Anderson has not been shy about getting his guy in right. in pretty much every program. Right. But giving Todd Graham one more year to try to fix this, I think, makes sense. I think so, too. I mean, I, I think you... You know, first of all, you just have to look at big picture. And if you're constantly changing coaches after five years or six years, you know, do you do you ever really have stability? Um, you don't, I would say. And 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 that makes that goes so long in in uh, establishing a program. I mean, if you get a guy like Jim Harbaugh or Urban Meyer or somebody to come in and and you know who just has the magic touch and in two years he's great, but there's not a lot of coaches out there like that there's a reason we think of those coaches as great. Um, you know, and those guys aren't coming here, you know? So if you, if you get rid of Graham and you might have to, I'm not saying he, he deserves lifetime job security, but you know, if you get rid of him, you're, you're kind of, you know, taking another step back to try to take two or three forward. We we've done that with basketball. I think it was the right thing to do with basketball. It was time for Herb Sendak to go and, and we had to take a step back and, and we're hoping that in the next you know year or two we'll see those three steps forward, but in football I'm not quite ready to make that drastic move. Um, you know he had three good years to start with. Last year was a a bitter disappointment. This year really has been about what people expected. It's just the way it the way it unfolded. You know we got off to a good start, so people start to adjust their expectations. You know, but I think a lot of people at the start of the year would have guessed his team would be five and five after ten games. And, and battling for bowl eligibility at the end. That's that's what most people thought. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be pulling the trigger too quickly yeah. um, to, to get rid of him this year. Now, do I think that you need to bring back the entire coaching staff intact? No. No, I, I agree. You know. Agreed. you got to do something different. Yeah, I mean, something has to be done different. Um, you know, last year they had some staff changes that – weren't all um, their own choice. You know, Mike Norvell gets a head coaching job. He takes a few guys with him. This year, it needs to be staff changes that you decide on. 
Um, and, and I know, you know, Todd Graham is, is very loyal to Keith Patterson. They've been together a lot of places, but he's going to have to be the fall guy. And I'm not sure it's really his fault. Um, but you know, something's got to change with this defense and he's the, he's the likely candidate. I mean, Todd Graham's not going to replace himself. So he's got to bring in somebody else to coach this defense who brings a different approach and, and uh, really kind of co- go a little bit more hands-off in coaching the defense, I think. I think that's that's the move he's going to have to make this year to keep his job for 2017. Well, and one of the things that you've brought up when we've talked before and, and that I think is apt is that Todd Graham's style incl- and his coaching style includes the fact that he likes to make these last-second shifts. Yeah. So it's tough to judge Patterson and what kind of plays he's calling because right. I'm not certain how many plays he right. a, uh, that he calls actually get run no, without being right. adjusted. You're very, very right, I think. And and I don't think we've we've uh, d- talked about this. I, I, you texted me about it, but the comments from, from Kyle Whittingham uh, and the Utah coaches that kind of, you know, hey, we, we kind of know what to expect from their defense. We know what they're going to do. Um, you know, that's uh, – like, okay, it's one thing to have a personality and, and, you know, a lot of teams, you know, Stanford has sort of had the same personality. It's worked pretty well. Oregon for many years. But you have to, you know, you have to mix it up too. And that was, that was kind of an alarming thing to read. Basically him saying, we knew what to expect. We knew what we were going to get and we knew exactly how to attack it. I mean, it's, it's one thing to have – a personality and to have a calling card, you know, good, good defenses have sure. calling cards and things sure. that are consistent, you know, that the LSU defense stops the run. The Alabama yeah. defense stops the run. It's good to have things like that. Or, or you know, you play with speed. We, you know, the Raiders yeah. defenses in the NFL under Al Davis right. always just want right. the fastest guys, but it's different to have that compared to everyone knows this yeah. is what we're doing. We're, you know, I, I will say this. We haven't brought the corner blitz this year that much. I no, mean, that's, that's true. That's true. I mean, it's been a little different. You know, I've read Doug Haller talk about it. He's, you know, he's the one who wrote the article, I think, about what Whittingham said. And, you know, he even said, well, they, you know, they have played different in some ways this year. But, you know, I, I heard that discussed preseason um, in one of the, you know, I think it was Haller's podcast that he did, one of the preseason ones during, during Camp T or fall practice that, you know, has, have, you know, the other conferences, coaches figured out what Graham does. You know, he's in year five now. Going At that point, he was three year four. Um, they've all seen him. You know, some of them have seen him four times. The division coaches have, at least. Um, and and you've got to be able to adjust. And maybe the adjustments just aren't there. I don't I don't know. Again, I mean, we're, we're throwing out theories just like we did on, you know, on uh, Saturday, I believe, you know, when we talked about the Utah game and, you know, what is going wrong? Um, is it the players? Is it the scheme? Is it the, the play calls? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I it don't fe- know, unfortunately, but. it feels like it's a little bit of all of it. It probably is. I mean, and, it's and probably it, true. And the thing is, you can, you know, if we had great skill guys, you could make it up. And it feels like we have pieces that you should be able to build on but like you said maybe it's too complicated maybe we're making adjustments too late and it's not yeah. going through you know i keep coming back to the Raylon singleton second yeah. touchdown where you know he's standing by himself in the back yeah. of the end zone because gump hayes 
jumps on a, you know, turns him loose, jumps on a short crossing route, and he's, you know, there's nobody within that third of the field. Right. He's standing right. alone. No, and, and that hasn't been a unique thing. I mean, it'd be, it'd be one thing if that was the first or second time that's happened to us all season, but it's not. You know, I mean, that might be the most extreme example, uh, you know, photographic evidence of nobody, you know, anywhere near him. But it's happened, you know, once or twice, it seems like every single game where guys are just running free. And it happened in the second half last year, too. I mean, the bowl game, the Cal game, uh, you know, the even the Arizona game that we won, the Washington game that we won. I mean, Washington should have put us away in that first half last year. They had tons of guys open and they couldn't connect. And then we got the momentum in the second half and came back and won. But, I mean, even the wins that we've had this year and, and last year have featured some of those breakdowns. So, uh, you know, at some point you've got you to gotta make a big change. You can't just say we're tweaking this and we're doing this a little bit different and this is going to work. It's not working. So, so the change that has to be made, I think it's obvious, is the defensive coordinator and, and bringing in a whole new scheme and starting from square one. Well, and I mean, I'm sort of reminded of the old Packers Ed Donatel defenses of, you know, you could give up a lot of yards and you can give up some big plays if yeah. you force turnovers. But, you know, we're not forcing turnovers. We're not even in a position to get turnovers no, right now. No, exactly. I mean, that, you know, that is the biggest difference. And we've talked about this a bunch between, you know, the two years of 10 wins in 2013 and 14, and now the two years of, of, you know, six last year and five so far this year, is we're not, you know, we're not really, um, yardage-wise, we're probably not that much worse, but we're just not making the impact plays. We're not getting the sacks. We're not forcing fumbles. We're not getting interceptions. Uh, we're not getting the tackles for loss. You know, I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing. This defense is high-risk, high-reward, and the last, you know, year and a half, it's been high risk, not much reward. And, and you know, so that's why you just have to do something different. Well, let's uh, let's make our projections. I'm feeling like we're both going to pick a win here. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to shock <laughs> you. I'm going okay. to okay. shock you and say that I think the Huskies are going to win. Yeah, yeah um, I think that's a fair bet. And I think it's going to be real, real bad. I, I think the Huskies are going to win this game 45-17. to 17. I mean, I'm tempted to, to almost make it worse. I mean, I you know, they they put up 70 on Oregon. Um, I don't think they'll put up 70. Because they don't hate us. They hated us. No, Oregon. no, they had they had animosity, you know. But, you know, no, it's, it's not nearly as uh, many games. But, you know, they haven't beaten ASU in a long time. We got a long winning streak over Washington goes back i believe to the late 90s the last time washington beat asu um so so you know they'll have that in the back of their minds it's not quite like the oregon rivalry where they play every year and they compete for recruits and things like that but um i can't see that streak continuing and i think it could be i think it could be really bad i mean i really do i think it could be something like 55 to 10 confidence it's all about confidence (laughs) i I just think you know especially because i feel like they're gonna you know it's on it's on fox it's it's in a prime time window so they're gonna have some eyeballs on them and and if they want to make a statement that you know last week was just a a blip and and they really are a you know playoff worthy team 
this is a week for them to be able to make that statement because, you know, next next week's going to be a lot tougher. Washington State's a good team, and it's on the road, and then potentially a Pac-12 title game. That's, you know, this is this is your game where you can run it up. You probably won't be able to do that in the others. Well, I agree with you. Looking around the rest of the NCAA, Thursday night you have a game that I initially, during our preseason preview, talked up Houston – and you said, yeah. well, you know, they could make this run, but they still have to deal with Louisville at the end of the right. year. Well, now it's here. Houston's 8-2. and two. It's been a bit of a disappointing year for the Cougars, but mm-hmm. there's still a lot of talent there, and there's still a threat. It's at home. It's a big game for them. Yeah, and, and you know, I don't, I don't know that either one of us, uh, uh, you know, necessarily really thought Louisville would be in the position, but... But they are, and they could be in the top four tonight. Um, so, you know, it's it's a big opportunity for them. I mean, they're, they're still not likely to get to the ACC title game. They need Clemson to lose to Wake Forest. Um, so, you know, this is this is their chance because they finished with Kentucky, not a great team. So, you know, this is, this is an opportunity for them to make a big statement too. So, yeah, it'll be a good game. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's uh, maybe the closing argument for Lamar Jackson's Heisman run and, and a chance for them to, you know, prove they belong in the top four the flip side of that of course is Houston has a chance to you know earn that preseason hype yeah because a win back a win here makes them nine and two and vaults them right back into a you know group of five power conversation yeah yeah I mean they got off to you know such a such a high start with the with the win over you know Oklahoma and and uh you know everybody talking them up and you know, you could kind of see some cracks in the armor in some of those games after. They struggled a little bit. And then I think it was Navy that finally beat them. And then they got blown out by SMU, which was a surprise. But, you know, yeah, I mean, they're still having a good season. Kind of kind of fell off the radar and nobody's really paid much attention to them the last month. But, but you know, yeah, chance, chance for them to play spoiler now, I guess. Other games of note, um, you've got the makeup game of Florida LSU rescheduled yeah. from Gainesville to Baton Rouge. Yeah. You know, it'll be interesting. This, you know, LSU made a big stink about they wanted this game at home. They got it. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's an interesting game. It obviously uh, probably, you know, will will either go a long way or completely determine the SEC East winner because if Florida wins, they win the East. If, if they lose, that opens the door for Tennessee. Um, you know, but I don't know that that matters. To, to me, the SEC East winner is just – just fodder for the Alabama machine in the first weekend of December. Uh, They'll be the last team yeah. that loses to Alabama before the yeah. playoff. I mean, Florida doesn't have the offense to keep up with Alabama and Tennessee doesn't have the defense, uh, you know? So, so you just look at There's not, there's not a team and, and those are the only two teams that can win, but anybody else from the East is not nearly uh, well-rounded enough. I mean, Georgia's Georgia's making some strides. South Carolina's making some strides, but they're, they're not there yet, obviously. Um, you know, it's it's not a very good division. Um, you know, I thought Tennessee would be better, and they they got off to a good start. Haven't been able to keep it up. You know, had some had some personnel issues with Jalen Hurd leaving the team mid year. Weird things going on there, and and Florida just co- kind of continues to be that same old team that's been the last few years. Really good defense and really average, or I should say, below average offense. That is for sure true. Um... Other things of note, in the Pac-12, we didn't talk about it, but Oregon officially eliminated from bowl eligibility. Yeah, yeah, Stanford rolled up 50 points on them. <laughs> a team that, you know, has really struggled to get any sort of offense going all year. 
put up uh, 50 points on the road at Oregon. I mean, that, that tells you a whole lot, you know. And, and it's amazing. I saw somebody tweeted this, you know. Stanford wins at Oregon and at Notre Dame, and it's met with like a yawn. I mean, you know, a couple years ago, those would have been monumental wins. It's going to be a long off season for Mark Helfrich, I think. Well, it might be a pretty short off season because <laughs> he might be packing his office pretty quickly. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You know, they they uh, they haven't. I think the last time they fired a coach was in the seventies, so it's been a long time. Well, they can just make uh, him AD. That that worked. Yeah, that worked yeah. before. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's true. You know, I mean, it's it's been a while, but I think it has. I mean, it just. You know, I read something today, and you know, they made the point like you just don't see, you don't see the the future looking any better. You know, he's he's not recruited that well, um, and and you know, it just very quickly it's fallen apart. And it gives you an appreciation in some ways for how good Marcus Mariota was because he kind of masked some of those deficiencies in his couple years there. And since he's been gone, man, it's just fallen apart completely. Uh, it it's really truly impressive how good he was in college because yeah yeah yeah. and and you know I remember that team that went to the championship game and watching them that year and kind of thinking boy you know without him they don't appear to be that good but you didn't you know you didn't know maybe you're overrating it but since then I think yeah they weren't that good without him the other game of note in the Pac-12 you got Washington State traveling to Colorado now for Washington State this game is more just window dressing and getting ready for Washington yeah. because they win or lose, they control their own destiny in the Apple Cup. Right, right. I mean, if the, the, the hope for them, it's a long shot, but, you know, if they win and Washington loses, they clinch the division. Um, again, don't think either one of us see Washington losing, but there is that outside chance. Um, and obviously Colorado, you know, is, is a game up on SC and, and Utah. And so, you know, they, they need to win to avoid falling back into a tie because they lose that tiebreaker to SC, and, uh, you know, they haven't played Utah yet. So hard to hard to quite narrow down who's going to win the South. Colorado's in the driver's seat, but a couple tough games to finish. So that, that'll be interesting to watch. I think Lloyd has a better chance with Mary Swanson than we do of beating Washington. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm sure Washington State's hoping for it. Um, Hey, I'm, I'm hoping sure for it. Him. Me and Mike Leach are on the same side for the oh, first yeah. time all season. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, he's probably hoping Todd Graham steals all the signals this week, but uh, I don't think it's going to matter. I think I think Washington might be able to just tell Todd Graham exactly what their signals mean, and it still wouldn't help. It certainly looks that way. Uh, it just looked better. So, yeah, that'll be a good one, though, and like you said, right now that's the, the Pac-12 championship game, which, boy, uh, you would have gotten long odds on that if you – if you said in August that you thought those two teams were going to represent the Pac-12 divisions. Now, it's not done yet, but amazing that, you know, with two weeks left, they're, they're in that position. And you've got the, uh, the rivalry game, UCLA-USC, to round yeah. out the schedule. Yeah, yeah, UCLA just playing out the string. Uh, I suppose still mildly chance for a bowl, but I don't think it's going to happen because we just talked about how good USC's playing and, UCLA with with no running game and no Josh Rosen, it's hard to see uh, them being able to beat SC. I just like it because they wear they each wear their dominant yeah. color. Nobody wears the road ro- white. Yeah, it's a fun rivalry, and and you know it's it's always fun when both teams are are playing well. And that's uh, you know you talk about uh, coaching jobs and 
you know, good ones and not so good ones. And, you know, you got the opposite extremes. Clay Helton's done a really nice job this year turning things around and Jim Mora has not, but he should thank that giant buyout because he'll, he'll probably be back. Very unlikely they're going to pay that much money for him to go away. Well, this to me feels like sort of like what we were saying about Mariota. Is it possible that Rosen just covered up a lot of flaws? Because I think so. He was so and, talented? And, and, like, and, and I like him a lot, but I, I'm not sure that their record would be that much better if he had stayed healthy. Um, they're, well, they're just not a very good Their O-line's bad. And yeah. That, you know. And, and, you know, the, the offensive shift to run more of a pro-style offense, you know, it's a nice idea in theory, but I'm not sure they had the personnel to do it. And so, you know, then you ask yourself, is, you know, is that the right idea to try to become this power-running type of team when you don't have the offensive line or the running backs to do it? Uh, because it didn't work, and now the last few weeks they've gone back to basically running the old offense. Well, and I wonder how much of that is a uh, fall and, you know, just, look, we don't have a guy who can get yeah. under center anymore, so let's No, not... agreed, agreed, yeah. I mean, you know, they they beat Oregon State, which I was kind of surprised. I thought Oregon State would beat them, actually, but uh, I, I can't see that being much of a game. I mean, to me, the only way that that's a game is if USC kind of, comes in, you know, feeling pretty good about themselves after beating Washington and goes through the motions. But even then, you know, they could probably turn it on in the second half and win. And then you got, I mean, Clemson, Wake Forest, that could be interesting. It'd be interesting. I mean, Wake's got a good defense. They, uh, you know, they held down Louisville for a lot of that game last week. That game was, if you just looked at the final score and you saw Louisville won 44 to 12, you'd think, oh, okay, yeah, about what you'd expect. But I mean, they, they were up late in the third, 12 to 10, and Louisville just got rolling, and then they had a, a defensive touchdown and another cheap touchdown at the end, and, you know, it looked more lopsided than it was, but Wake's got a really good defense, and, you know, Clemson has, has flirted with disaster all year long, so it finally caught up to them. Maybe that's the wake-up call they needed, um, but, you know, that, that could be more interesting than people think. Well, we'll be back to talk about everything that happens in college football, mostly ASU losing to Washington, and <laughs> a look at how ASU does in the not-Puerto Rico tip-off classic from uh, from Orlando. Yep, yep, that's right. That tips off with ASU and Northern Iowa and the potential for ASU to play some fun-ranked teams or, if we lose, to play some not-so-fun teams. Right. But until then, he's Matt, I'm Ben, it's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. <laughs>